you know, it's it's kind of crazy to think that it's been less than a week since the Phoenix Suns were bounced from the NBA Finals. Because so much is happening so quickly. I mean, you think about it. You have the draft this upcoming Thursday. August 2nd is going to be free agency, uh, where players can actually start signing with teams on August 6th. And then you have Summer League. And then you have the the preseason. And then you have the season. So, I mean, it's it's all so fast. And I think it's actually been beneficial for the way that the NBA calendar this season is playing out because it takes less of the sting of defeat away from us as Suns fans. We're not sitting around for months thinking about what could have been and how close we were. No, we've got other things to talk about and other things to think about. So as we welcome everybody to the Suns Jam Session podcast, it's nice to know that this upcoming Friday, or I'm sorry, Thursday, is the NBA draft, Matthew. Like, just <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. It's draft time. It's here quickly. And, uh, I mean, look at Devin Booker having to move on that quickly to play a game pretty much the next day after losing the championship. So good for him. Sticking to it. Draymond Green gave him a shout-out. Him and the other two dudes from the Bucks. Like, hey, they're, they're here playing. They didn't make excuses. They came here to play. They did lose. But I don't think they'll be losing for long. But it is nice to have things to distract us, right? And hopefully this podcast can help us distract a little bit more heading into next season with a lot, uh, kind of a little bit of a laundrier list of things to do for the Suns. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton to talk about, which we're going to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. From CP3 and what do we do in that situation, what our thoughts are, to early free agent targets and... Yes, some Team USA talk. Definitely want to go into that. But before we get into all that, this is a reminder to everybody who is watching along live on YouTube, please smash the like button while you're here. You can subscribe as well, and you can become an Elite Jamster by clicking the Join button and or following the link in the description. Feel free to donate while you're here via the Super Chat so we can use it to pay for our NBC Peacock subscriptions that we paid for. Uh, $4.99 to watch Team USA lose this morning. I'll get into that shortly. If you are on Apple Podcast, please leave us a five-star review. We already have three five-star reviews, Matthew. Nice. No I was actually, actually on wrote there. Words, though. I oh, okay. <laughs> I, I put a five-star up there because I have the oh. Apple phone now. So I went oh, there yes. checked it out, a five-star review. Well, okay. So you were responsible for one of them. Well, son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's what we need, Jamsters. We need you to show up there on Apple Podcasts, give us five-star reviews, and leave your comments below, and we'll read them in the chat uh, or we'll, we'll read them live here on the podcast. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, though, go ahead, subscribe as we try to rebuild our listenership uh, as we've gone from Bright Side of the Sun uh, podcast network to the Dry Heat podcast network. So we have links to, this, to the audio version of the description in the YouTube chat or in the YouTube description below. So go ahead and, and hit that. Matthew, what are you, what are you drinking tonight? Water Sunday night. Already got the Sunday night blues, so no, no uh, beer on top of that. I am drinking water as well. <laughs> nice. You know, All you right. Know, John, okay, John man. had some old fashions a couple nights ago, and uh, mm-hmm. I still don't feel like drinking. So, okay. if you're listening to this podcast, this is going to be the point where you're going to hear a fake beer tap. But for those of you who are watching along live, you know that we didn't pop any beers. But let's talk about everything that is Phoenix Suns on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Plenty to talk about, plenty of things going on 
as we prepare for the NBA draft. And we'll have a whole, our full draft preview show on Tuesday. But I want to talk about CP3. I think that that's kind of one of the number one topics of conversation right now is will Chris Paul be back? In what capacity will he be back? Are the Suns going to utilize him as a sign and trade chip or is he just going to walk? And, you know, as you look at the four options, I'll break it down like this. He can either pick up his $44 million extension. He can decline and try to drag it out over some more years, which is, you know, what I think might most likely be the most likely option. Uh, the Suns can do a sign and trade where they sign him to that extension, uh, but then trade him or he declines and he walks. So as you look at those four options, which of these do you think is most likely and which do you prefer occurring, Matthew? I prefer to redo the contract, have it lengthened out about the three years, right? So three years because of the age thing. Um, mm-hmm. So three years, restructure the contract, resign DeAndre, get Mikhail Bridges resigned. Those are things I want to happen. And for some reason, it, it doesn't make sense if Chris Paul were to leave Phoenix because he has everything right here that he wants. His family is in L.A. That's the only weird thing. It's like bring them bring them to Arizona, right? Go home and love your family. Be here in Phoenix. And I hope that happens because he's playing with an unselfish team that he can actually be the leader on. And he got to the finals with them, right? It's that simple. So you would think he's going to come back. We'll see how it's going to go. I don't feel like anything's really leading towards him going to L.A. or any other teams right now. Yeah, I think that I speak for, you know, I, I can't speak for all Suns fans, but I'll definitely speak for myself when I, I want him back. Like, I want Chris Paul back. The leadership that he brought to this team was the perfect uh, amount of, you know, exactly what you needed to get this team not only over the hump into the playoffs, but ultimately to the NBA Finals. So you need to have that type of leadership. You can look up and down the free agent market, which we will hear in a little bit, and you're not going to find somebody who has the capacity to lead men in the way that he does. And then you take the fact that this son's roster is built in his image. It's got assets around him that are going to make Chris Paul better. You know, you don't have uh, a power forward who is, you know, ball dominant like you do in Los Angeles with LeBron James, or you don't have a, you know, like a Luka Doncic who needs the ball all the time to run point. You have uh, a big man in DeAndre Ayton, although he doesn't like to be called big man, but you have a big guy in DeAndre oh, Ayton. I didn't know that, writing all those Ayton watches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like that. No, 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 he didn't. Oh, no, he doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't like that at all. Uh, but you have Devin Booker, you know, a, a fantastic score next to him. And then you have some role players. And there's definitely going to be an opportunity for the Suns to expand their roster and kind of take care of some of the issues that ultimately hurt this team in the playoffs. But I think that bringing Chris Paul back is the first step in getting this team back to the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. And when we first got when we first got him, it was like, oh my god, all that money. What are we gonna do? We can't have anybody else on the team. But it's like, well, if you have him, he's here to develop everybody else. Booker's still going to into his sixth season. He's still gonna actually gain some some things underneath his belt, so where he can just like improve mentally, things like that. But you know, Aiden and Mikhail Bridges are gonna get better. So it's kind of weird. It's like go out there and get that other guy this this uh, this off season, But there's not really that guy unless you want to spend a lot of money. So we already have that guy and that's Chris mm-hmm. Paul. So just restructure that contract and bring him back. That's and it's going to happen, man. I, I just cannot see a world where it does not happen. Cause it'd be crazy. 
Yeah, it'd be really interesting circumstances to see what draws CP3 away from the Suns. You know, it's like you said, he he went to the finals with this team. Everything's right there, and you know that they're going to tr- do their best in an opportunity to try to make this team even more successful next year and ultimately win the championship. And I think the most important part of that is he does decline uh, his player option and then drags it out over you know three more years, as you mentioned. Now, what'll be interesting to see what that looks like because if he does do that, it does leave little cap space because he's currently making 44. You know, if he does three years, 90 million, it's kind of the number that I'm hearing from people. It's, you know, it's essentially 30 million a year that what that does is that frees up $44 million in cap space. But we know that that money is going to be utilized most likely on DeAndre Ayton. He's currently making, uh, I think, 12, 10 or 12. Well, let's pull up the, the, the cap sheet oh, right yeah. here. So he is currently making a total $12.6 million a year. So if you want to get him up to that max money, that's $13 million. That's $25 million a year in that first year, and then it extends out after that. That's all of the Chris Paul money. So from there, re-signing Mikel Bridges isn't something that is possible. I mean, it's it's it won't happen. You look at Cam Johnson moving forward. He's somebody who... You know, again, we don't have to worry about him becoming a restricted free agent for two more years, but you have to start thinking down those lines. So I think the challenge is if you do bring back CP3, you really are going to have a hard time building out the back end of your roster. I think that James Jones did a fantastic job this past year by taking essentially the guys who were uh, 10 through 15 and signed them all to veteran minimum deals of $1.67 million. That's Etwan Moore, Langston Galloway, Campaign, Frank Kaminsky, Tory Craig, and Abdul Nader. All those guys didn't make a ton of money. So we could build up the, build out the back end of the roster with those that veteran leadership. Now, granted, we know that Phoenix most likely is going to be a destination for you know guys who want to come here and, and contribute and not necessarily make a ton of money. But even though because of DeAndre Ayton's performance, because of the stage of it, he is in his career, even if Chris Paul comes back and on a $30 million a year contract, the, that money's still spoken for, giving it to DA, right? It is. And uh, what you hear now a lot is, well, I don't know if he's really worth that amount of money, which is really strange after the the postseason he had. He's definitely worth the money. And when you look at other teams, they're always tied up and like, the big two now it used to be the big three now it's like two guys are basically the whole payroll Mm -hmm. so we're gonna have at least three guys really that are gonna make most of the money and i I wanted to ask you too so we're really focused on deandre and before the postseason it was like okay mikhail bridges re-sign that guy and then deandre and just wait one more year so what really changed with that and why are we why are we so focused i know the restricted free agents right at the end of next year right correct so why are we so focused on having to re-sign them now is it just Am I, I'm just, I feel like I'm missing something. Like, do we yeah. have to just to not lose them the year after? Like, why do we have to pay them now? It's a valid question. And I think the reason you do that. So let, let, let me start with the first part of that question. So DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, we were talking about it all last season is which one of these guys is going to play up to the max contract opportunity. DeAndre Ayton did that in the playoffs. He solidified that he is somebody who, you know, again, Bill Simmons had him for five minutes as one of the top 20 guys you want to try to, you know, go to the playoffs with. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and then 25 minutes later, he's like, no, oh, no, he's out. But at the same time, he's somebody who is unique and he has a very unique skill set. Not to say that Mikhail Bridges doesn't, but I think that DeAndre Ayton's is less replicable than Mikhail Bridges is. 
I think that you can find the, the Mikel Bridge archetype throughout the NBA. So the reason you want to sign these guys right now is a, a show of good faith, if you will. It's the same thing that you did with Devin Booker. You signed him once that opportunity became available. You signed him to the max to let them know, hey, you're our guy. Because what that does is that negates any doubt moving into the next season uh, as to whether or not they become a movable asset. And, you know, at the end of the day, this isn't NBA 2K where you're looking at contracts, you're trying to trade accordingly to, to build out the best roster. You have to deal with the human element here. And that's why these extensions, when they become available for them, are such a vital part of success. Because essentially you're saying, hey, for the past three seasons, You've been a valuable asset on this team. We believe in you. We want you to continue to do so for us. Here's the job security. Here's the big money. Okay, you were making 12 DA. Now you're going to make 25 mil a year, and that's because we believe in you, and you, we're, you're the center of our future or the center of the future. Now you and I both know that contracts mean nothing. You could sign that guy to a max deal and mm-hmm. and trade it two years later. I mean, again, that's why you they you try to do it as as soon as you can. Because you don't want those guys from the human element side to turn into the Marquise Morrises of the world. The guys who are upset because they're not receiving contract extensions. The guys who don't feel like they have security or that the organization has done them wrong. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And for DeAndre Ayton, it's like, okay, so Devin Booker, for sure, we had to sign that guy. I mean, him and Jokic got the extensions at the same time. Those are franchise changers where we weren't, we were sure that Booker was the guy, right? But it's just, we didn't see the winning yet. Right now we're seeing the winning. So we know what's contributing to the winning and that's DeAndre Ayton for sure, who was the X factor in the playoffs. So you have to pay him. Mikhail Bridges kind of fell off a little bit, but money for me, for these teams, it's just like, don't hold back. If the player's there, you pay him, all right? You pay him right now. You don't wait till the next offseason. It's like, oh, look who's, who's coming out next offseason. Save your money for that. We used to be that team before we got Chris Paul. I was like, well, let's wait till the next offseason and see who's there, who's available. I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I just want to lock down these dudes to make sure that they are sons. Like you said, that thing that's just like the trust. And what's weird is like, I feel like if the Suns were to win a championship this year, right? And then DeAndre was re-signed. Let's say the big contract and Chris Paul maybe moves on. I would not trust that contract more just because DA doesn't have Chris Paul there beside him. I know Monty's still our coach, but I think just, I think the structure still needs to be there for DA to get that money. That's why I'm not too scared for them to spend that money. As long as we have those guys on the roster to help motivate him. Cause I still think he needs that for a couple more seasons is the motivation. No, you're you're right, and I think that he's still, you know, he just turned 23 the other day, and he has yeah. a lot to go. And it depends on who they truly replace. If, if CP3 were to leave, it's it's who's the guy who's coming in. Because I'll tell you, Ricky Rubio wasn't horrible with DA. He didn't provide him the same. I, I don't think that DA had necessarily the same amount of respect that he had for uh, Chris Paul than you know with Ricky, but he still performed yeah. well under those circumstances. You look at statistics; they were better because a lot of the offense was run through him at that time. And I think that going into the next season, if we can bring Chris Paul back, we will see more shot attempts from Da. We will see the his offensive game begin to flourish because I feel like in the playoffs they found something special. And if you can take that and and put it into play in the regular season, it's something that's going to be really unique. And and DA could really live up to that contract. Uh, shout out to Blaze Megatron, as Jay said. You said Marquise Morris, nice accidental combo 
combo of terrible ex sons. Yeah, I said Marquise Morris, which is like Marcus yeah. Morris, Marquise Morris, and, and then Marquise Chris all rolled into one. One big ball of fecal matter. So, oh man, that would be the that would be the ultimate player of all time, man. <laughs> yeah, combine <laughs> right. those guys. And shout out to Carito Cur- Andrew Yang. Uh, five bucks. Good evening, guys. Still Western Conference champs 2021, baby. So thank That's you right. ever thank so you. much for donating that in the chat. We really, really appreciate it. You know, and going back to the whole Chris Paul situation, you know, it's the, the perfect scenario, the ideal scenario. Chris Paul resigns for three years, 20 million, because now we would unlock 24 total million dollars to spread on the rest of the team. And you wish mm-hmm. You wish that Chris Paul would have that the, the capacity to go, you know what? If I want to win a championship, I need to ensure that the guys around me are are engaged and want to be here, and the money that James Jones has is spent correctly. Because yeah. if, with everything we're talking about, if we go and we give DA that max, you're not giving it to Mikael Bridges, which again, you know, for the same thing we were just talking about. It could affect his uh, his drive next year. It could affect a lot of things that are non-basketball related. And that's always one of my worries. You know, if there's a gentleman's agreement between James Jones and Chris, or I'm sorry, uh, DeAndre Ayton and Mikael Bridges, like, listen, guys, you restricted free agents starting in 2022. We're going to take that extra $14 million a year and build out the back end of this roster effectively, and you guys will get your money, then that would be great too. So there's, you know, there's there's two different kind of, you know, ideal scenarios from that I think as a Suns fan. One, CP3 takes less money, which we know is not going to happen, and uh, or James Jones going to DA and Mikael being like, "You guys will get your money in 2022," which we know probably won't happen because players want security. What happens if Mikael Bridges goes out tears an ACL next year? Well, you're not going to pay yeah. him max money after that, right? So no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> so what do you think about that? Oh, well, just really quick, uh, with CP3 from Blaze Megatron, would CP3 take a pay cut to chase the ring? You know what? Suns had the easiest chance to get their ring <laughs> this last year, and if he didn't get it there, then it's going to be a lot tougher with any other effing team he goes on, unless he's playing on the Lakers that are just fully healthy all season long, and you get LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Chris Paul. That's another good chance for him, but if he brings it back with this team, uh, you were talking about Mikael Bridges. I just think if Mikael's not going to get paid, then I don't think he really needs that motivate. I think he needs a motivation to get paid, of course, but I think he's just, he's a baller, dude. I think he will go out there and play the way he plays always, every season, no matter what money he's making, because I feel like he just knows that's his job. I just think the way he is out there, the body language that he can he can have in like bad situations even two years ago like he's still ready to he's there to improve and i think that you're not gonna i don't have to worry about him making a difference on the court for the suns even if he doesn't get paid and if he doesn't get paid it'll suck because i think a lot of us are just those mikhail bridges fans that we like him over a lot of these guys on the team and you would like to see that so cp3 would take a bigger pay cut which like you said won't probably happen maybe what 10 million a year so that's not going to help so he's not going to get the money so it's it's a difficult job for james jones after a good season it's like even more stuff that's popping up more holes to fill it seems like after this season already yeah Yeah. and you know again it's just that huge contract of cp3 even if it goes drops down to 30 million a year is just it's a lot of money and then you're taking that over three years so you know there's again numerous things he can do. He could decline, you know, and drag it out. He could do a sign and trade, you know, that could be a James Jones option. I highly doubt that to occur. Uh, Sons and four says in the chat, what about we trade CP three and bring in Kyle Lowry? 
So that would work with a sign and trade deal. I highly <laughs> yeah. doubt that would happen. I don't think that you know Kyle Lowry's yeah. like, what two years younger than CP3. Yeah, He's, I mean, I like I like Lowry after what he showed winning a championship, but I don't, it's hard to move off yeah. of CP3 right now. It is, especially considering the respect that this uh, this team has for him. I, I truly don't think that he declines and walks. I think that's the one thing mm. I really don't think. I think that he wants to be here. You know, Flex from Jersey said, uh, tweeted out recently that you know, based on his sources close to the situation, that they're you know really involved in negotiations and just trying to find that right number. And you know, that's the end goal. I really think that in order for this team to be successful next year you have to have CP3 to be a part of it. It would just be too weird, I think, to have CP3 come in here in one year, take us to the finals, and then he's off playing as a Los Angeles Laker or something. I just I can't see yeah. that. But it's basketball. You don't know what's going to happen. Is. Yeah, and we're Suns fans, so we have to just be a fan of the Suns players that are here next year, right? Well, we yes. can be CP3 fans, of course, but I don't think we have to worry about him leaving them. <laughs> yeah, I really don't. I just, I'm really interested to see how James Jones plays with that money because again, I'll bring up the the cap sheet for everybody who's watching along. Uh, if you're listening along, uh, Google it yourself. I don't know. Um, CP3 is making 44 million next year. Dem Booker's at 31.6. DA's at 12.6. You have Jay Crowder at 9.7. Dario Saric nine million a year. And I think that the you know mm -hmm. one of the disadvantages, obviously, of Dario Saric tearing that ACL in the finals is he has two years, 17-7 left on his contract, and that's a very sexy contract to trade. And then you drop down to 4.4 for Jalen Smith, 5.5 for McHale, 4.4 for Cam Johnson, 3.8 for Javon Carter. Our 29th pick will get 2.1 this year, and then all the veteran minimums that I mentioned earlier at 1.67 outside of Nader, who's at 1.8. So it's a very top-heavy lineup. And you need to have the correct guys to build out the bottom part of that. And I think that that was the challenge that we ran to this year is we didn't do an effective job. Of, are, are, are we peeking around the side there, Matthew? <laughs> no, I was actually looking. Uh, <laughs> never mind. And then Sorry. it looked like I was peeking behind. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, you know, essentially the way that we built it out last year was, okay, we are going to put in stop gaps in case CP3 gets injured. And I think as we move forward into this year and, you know, I, I, we have to look at our early free agent targets, you know, free agency is less than 10 days away and we don't know everybody who's going to be available right now due to qualifying odd offers and such. Uh, but yeah. I think, and, and can you agree that we had too many guards this past season? Yeah. You know, guards, when I went into looking at who was unrestricted going into this off season, I wasn't too tempted to like really look into a lot of these names that are there, you know? And like you said, it's like, if we're going to go and get a backup point guard, we already have them. Like mm -hmm. we already have the guys. You had the flamethrower and Langston Galloway. You had the Etuan Moore leader who can be someone that, you know, can run an offense if you need them to. And then you also have uh, Javon Carter, the lockdown defensive three point guy. And then Cameron Payne, who's a perfect backup point guard. And if you can re-sign him for like the 10 mil that mm -hmm. maybe is expected of for him to get, then, that's the replacement. I think we already have what we need there, right? Yeah, but I don't think all those guys are coming back. Probably I, not. I, and, I'm just saying they, it's they they can't come back. But you know, you're right. Everything yeah. that we needed was was there, but we didn't have enough bigs to get us ultimately through the playoffs. So as we look at moving forward this season, we have to understand that you know James Jones is going to let a lot. Links and Galloway most likely is going to be somewhere else. Etwan Mo, uh, Moore most likely will be somewhere else. 
Javon Carter is somebody because of his uh, contract. We, we have him under contract. I think that he'll be a trade piece. Uh, as as much as it pains me to to think about that, I love Javon Carter. But at the same time, he's an asset who didn't do much, especially in the playoffs. Didn't do much all season, and he's making almost four million dollars a year. So you can utilize that coupled with some other yeah. uh, contracts to maybe make a trade to get somebody who can assist the roster. Uh, in a better capacity campaign is the guy who's going to, you know, get some of that money that's going to become available. If you get rid of a lot of those back end guys, you're going to have the ability to pay campaign, probably that $10 million mid-level exception. And I think that he's somebody who uh, definitely has earned that. And I hope that, you know, we get that kind of that di- that hometown discount. If you will, you talk about guys trying to go out there and make their money and Cameron Payne is a great story. And if he ends up somewhere else making $15 million a year, good on you campaign. You freaking earned mm-hmm. it. I hope that he stays here though. I do too, because he's everything we're looking for. And what I was saying earlier with the guys we had last year, it's just funny because I feel like if we go out and replace them, we would just end up with the same kind of guys. But there is too many point guards, I feel like. And I feel like they didn't play a lot of minutes. Javon Carter was very highly on, but he didn't do what I thought this year. And he didn't play a lot of minutes even in the playoffs or even in the finals. So you can't really rely on counting on those guys next year. And like you said, with Dario Saric, the way his contract is, the way he's going to be on the team next year, that affects a lot. So you kind of got to find those other dudes to make up the cap space to bring in someone that can help us in size. So that's that would be the smartest thing to do mm-hmm. and to re-sign campaign because if you're going to go out and search for anybody else, and if you're looking at Chris Paul next year, this year it was like, yeah, can he not play as much? Maybe take some time off. But going into next year, I feel like you can do that now with campaign. The way he's played, I feel like he can eat up a lot of those minutes for Chris Paul. And maybe Chris Paul can take some nights off if he needs to because we have Cameron Payne, who is a perfect point guard, to what Chris Paul does with the offense. He can run the offense, the first team and second team. So No, and, and we've seen it done. And he, he runs in a completely different way, but he's effective. And I think that that's the most he important is. thing. He's yes. not somebody who's going to dish out you know, 10 assists every time he's out Speeds there. Speeds it up. Exactly. He speeds it up and and he makes this young athletic athletic team be young and athletic. Uh, Mega Giants 89 in the chat says, I have a feeling Javon Carter might be a throw in trade in the draft. I think that's a valuable point, too, as we prepare for the NBA draft. And uh, we're excited. We're going to have Zona Hoops on here on Tuesday. And we're going to break down a lot of draft stuff uh, because I know a lot of us haven't been paying attention to anything relative to the draft because the Suns have gone so far in the playoffs. And Zona is the ideal. He's like the the Suns version of Kevin O'Connor when it comes to the draft. So I, it's a feeling I get me me too, man. Like he's very insightful. So that's going to be a really good show. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns do something to trade out of that draft pick. I really, I really, uh, I could see that for the same reason I'm reminded of like the seven seconds or less Suns. Like remember all those draft picks, those Suns teams had that they just dished out. They, they ended up with like Rajon Rondo, Luau Dang, Nate Robinson, all these different guys who they just, didn't feel that they needed at that time because they were trying to do the same thing. They were trying to pay the guys at the top, construct a, an effective roster to get back to the playoffs and, and try to get back to the finals, which they never did. And I could see the Suns doing that right now with Jalen Smith not doing much last year. And we'll see what he does in this upcoming year if he's even on this team. I have a piece that's coming out tomorrow about that. Oh, yeah. I could also, but I could also see them trading this draft pick yeah. with a, a contract in an effort to try to get garner another asset that helps them win now. Because the Suns are in win now mode; they're not in let's draft a guy with the 29th pick and let's develop him. It's the same thing as last year. It's the same reason Jalen Smith didn't have an opportunity to be developed is because every night they were competing to try to be the best team in the NBA relative to their record. 
So why would you put Jalen Smith out there to try to learn for 12 minutes a night? You know, he played in 27 yeah. games and averaged like two points a game. And that's because Monty didn't saw something that he didn't like, so he didn't trust it. We know that the defense, when you watch defensive rotations, he was very lost out there, and he just didn't have an opportunity to develop. You know, so I could see Jalen Smith also being another guy who makes f- what four point four million. I could see yeah. him being traded uh, with perhaps Javon Carter and a draft our, our draft pick for something that is helps us win now. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. But if I were to go to the other way, okay, Blaise Megatron again brings up another point. You know, Cameron Payne, the opponents. Have him scouted now. I don't think he'll look as good next season. Uh, I hope not. Not not, not to re-sign him for the ten million. Don't, he doesn't think he's worth it. So if you were to draft maybe the the backup point guard, what I was thinking is a lot of these guys coming out of the draft. The drafts are so deep now because I think the players know what they can get in the NBA, what they can grab onto, the money they can make. It's like, hey, if I just play basketball every day, I'm not saying this is easy. I'm just saying that yeah. they focus so much on their game now to where that's all they do, to where you could get steals in the draft. So if we were to get someone like a point guard, and I think the the Ringer NBA, if it wasn't updated today, had them picking Jaden Springer mm-hmm. at number 29. And he's, he's, a, he's a point guard, but it's just like guys like this that can come in and maybe just be like, oh, wow, like he can put up some good minutes. He can be someone that can score. Uh, maybe because he is a rookie, he wouldn't be able to facilitate the offense as well as Cameron Payne. But it's just a guy that can come in and give you some energy, someone that has something to prove, which Monty is good at like conducting that, a guy that can actually lead someone like that, a, a young point guard. Maybe that makes sense too if he's looking for that. And I think Jalen Smith, if he has another offseason to get used to things and to get more acclimated to the offense, be a little bit better of a defender, then you're looking at something that's cheaper next year. And then Cameron Payne, you don't have to resign and give him the 10 to $15 million that he wants. So that's another option too. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but I just think these guys coming out of the draft, you can hit on something that might help you win a couple games this year, you know, when when Chris Paul needs some rest. So I'm not saying they're going to be superstars or anything like that, but they could be decent players in the late 20s. No, without a doubt. And given the right situation, that's where a lot of guys uh, start to flourish because they're in, a, they're in the right situation where they can learn and they don't need to be relied on to carry the team right off of the bat. And you know what? Blaze campaign might not be worth 10 mil. He might not, but the market will dictate what his worth is. And another team will pay him at least $10 million because they're going to need it. You know, if you look at Charlotte and they need a backup for Lon, uh, Lonzo ball. No, the other one, LaMelo, LaMelo ball, or, you know, Chicago or somewhere, you know, they're, they're going to need an asset like him. And, you know, the market will dictate his pace. Uh, but you're right. You know, there is an opportunity. There, there's so many. N- nothing's wrong that we're saying. Everything is an option right now. That's yeah. the crazy part about this part of the season. And the fact that it's happening so rapidly is, uh, you know, it's, it's 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 fun to watch. It keeps you engaged, but doesn't give you a lot of time to sit there and, and really go down each ev- individual aspect or option because it's all going to be happening here in just a few days. Uh, but I think it's time. I think we should get into our early free agent targets. Um, you know, all I know is there isn't much cap room. So, you know, here are, you know, I've got some way too early guys that I think that the sun should take a run at. And if you know me uh, or Matthew and you've listened to the pod for a while, you'll recognize some of these names that I'm going to bring up because I just we all we both have our guys, right? Like there's yeah. guys that we yeah. like. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say that I'm not saying Hassan Whiteside at all. So, okay. uh, so you know, so. I did have him down on my list. Just uh, okay, a good. Backup, well, but well, I don't want him. But well, there you go. Throw him out there. 
Uh, but before we get into that, I just want to remind everyone that basketball season has come to an end, but the anticipation for next season is just beginning with the draft. Whether your team has the first pick or the 29th pick like the Suns do, DraftKings is bringing the excitement to you. DraftKings is adding the thrill by offering a free-to-enter draft pool this Thursday with $10,000 up for grabs. DraftKings is free to play and is easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to the pools section, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen on draft night and track your results throughout the evening. I know, Matthew, I think you and I should do this. I think it would be really, really fun. So just yeah. go, to dra- go to DraftKings. Uh, they'll be hosting a draft night-specific pool with questions ranging from who will be picked before whom all the way to who do you think uh, a team is going to take or if they're going to trade a pick in the first round, which the Suns might do. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code DRYHEAT to enter free draft pool with 10 grand in prizes up for grabs. That's promo code dry heat to get a free shot at $10,000 in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And it's also a reminder that if you go to shopjustsports.com, enter the code SUNSJAM at checkout for any of your online orders and you get 15% off of your purchase. That's right. Let them know the SUNSJAM session guy sent you. Again, that's Promo code SUNSJAM when checking out at shopjustsports.com. All right, now that we got all that out of the way, Matthew, let's start with guards, okay? Okay. So here's how I broke mine up, and I I have my dream pickup, the guy I'd like to pick up, and then kind of the realistic pickup. That's the categories I broke down for guards, forwards, and centers. Uh, let's start with guards. Who is your dream pickup, or did you break them down that way? <laughs> You know, I only have two guards that I'm looking at in this whole okay. list. Um, there was only two that I found that I was really interested in. This first one is if Chris Paul leaves. It's someone that, um, you know, we wanted like a shot creator, maybe in the finals, someone that wasn't, that could actually get a shot off, someone that was longer, a little bit more length. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's a guy who is a free agent. He's one of the sexier names out there. Uh, but I just think that if Chris Paul were to leave, of course, and this is just if, this is a big thing. It's like, how do we replace him? I think you can make up for a lot of the, the shot creating, uh, drawing the fouls, some guy that can just run an offense as quieter who I don't like how he finished um, his time with the Toronto Raptors, how he kind of gave up mm-hmm. in a few of those conference finals games where it's just like, you know, we're playing LeBron James and I can't beat him. So that kind of sucks, but I think he would good, be a good pickup for the Suns. But the guy that's more realistic is maybe like a Patty Mills, a guy that we do not like here in Phoenix, a guy that really does kill us. And I think he would be a good backup if Payne were to leave. I think you can get him maybe a little bit cheaper, but he can be a guy that's, uh, you know, the knockdown three guys, just like 37% from behind the arc. And I just think that he can run an offense. He's so good with the second team when he was playing, when he's playing with the Spurs that I see a lot that I like in him, but I hate to play against him. So it's nice to have that guy on your team. I think he'd be perfect. Who do you have, John? Well, well let me start on Patty Mills. Um, you know, you literally just described what Chris Paul was, right? A guy who you hated playing against, uh, but once he's on your team, you ended up absolutely loving him, right? Um, yeah. So I, I think that that's a a valid uh, name to throw out there. Um I, I didn't think about Patty Mills, you know, I mean, he's what 30, 32. He'll be 33 before the season begins. Yeah. Um, six, six foot one point guard. So he is, you know, he is kind of like, okay, if, if campaign doesn't come back, Patty Mills could be a replacement for that. I like that. Uh, DeMar DeRozan is actually the guy I had number one on my list under my dream pickup. 
just because for the same reason, if Chris Paul, and he's not money, a point guard. We understand that. I understand he's, that too. Yeah. But, he's not but I also think that, you know, you're right. You need a, another shot creator. I think him and Devin Booker in the backcourt could work. You know, you'll have less of uh, the facilitation that Chris Paul brings, but he's also another. He could be a monster of the mid range kind of guy. He's an unrestricted free agent who made twenty seven million last year, so I highly doubt that he's looking for that same kind of money coming off the contract that was ultimately traded from Toronto. But I do think that he's somebody who you could bring in for seventeen to twenty million dollars a year and be effective. And seeing him in the backcourt with. Um, uh, Devin Booker, I think that, that could be something that's just, it's hard to stop. And you're right. You know, he didn't necessarily leave Toronto on the best of terms. Uh, not yeah. a yeah. knockdown three pointer by any, any stretch of the imagination last year or yeah, last season he shot 25.7% from three and he's a career 28% shooter from three, but he's also somebody who averaged like 21 points or almost 22 last year for the Spurs. So uh, much akin to uh, Devin Booker, he's somebody who knows how to get to uh, the line. He's somebody who knows how to create his own shot. And if you look at the finals, one of our issues is we couldn't just, you know, outside of Devin Booker consistently, no one consistently could score from that starting yeah. five. Chris Paul wasn't doing it. Um, and you can't say Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton were either. So, you know, that's kind of like my dream guy. I don't think that's actually going to happen. Um, the guy I like pick up is Lonzo Ball, and I know everyone will hate me for that one, and I know it's highly unlikely considering the fact that he is a restricted free agent and his qualifying or uh, offer is going to be $14 million a year. But again, if you have somebody who – or if, you, if the Suns say goodbye to CP3 and they have a lot of money opened up, I like – Lonzo Ball. I'm just I'm one of those guys. So I've liked him since he played at UCLA. I've watched him uh, develop his jumper. He's become a solid three point shooter. He can uh, run an offense. He is somebody who kind of falls off from time to time. You don't know where he is on the court, uh, but he does have an affinity for defense. What are your thoughts on Mr. Lonzo Ball? Yeah, I mean, I was always a big Lonzo guy. I really is. Even LaMelo, when we were talking about the draft last year, I was like, throw LaMelo in and play him at the the three between, you know, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. You can have him. But um, I'm thinking, too, that didn't make it. I don't think – well, did we know that we had Chris Paul before the draft last year? I don't remember. No. Hmm. Eh, it doesn't matter. I, Lonzo would be for cool. the same It'd week. Be, yeah, it would be cool to have him in the starting lineup with those with those two, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. But right, the money plus if he were to go to a team, he's not be he's not going to want to be a bench guy. So I think if he's going to be a bench guy, he'd be very very unhappy in that situation. I, I hate when he goes on teams and they 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 pair him with these other guys that are point guards already. It's like, dude, Lonzo's a point guard. Can you stop having him start in the shooting guard position yes. next to Eric Bledsoe? And then uh, where, yes. when he was in. I just, I'm just so sick of it, dude. Give him a chance to be a point guard somewhere. So it's a long shot. And if Lonzo ever lands in Phoenix, I'd be very happy. Uh, his body language is kind of annoying to watch sometimes, but I think mm -hmm. he's a very decent point guard. Well, and again, you know, this is in the scenario in which I don't think that uh, Chris Paul returns. If that is to occur, I say you make a run at Lonzo Ball. He also is right yeah. on the same timeline as the rest of your squad. He's, a, he's right around the same age as Devin Booker, as Mikhail Bridges, as Cam John, as DeAndre Ayton. You know, right now he's currently 23 years old. So, I mean, he literally would be that kind of perfect fit in there. You just need him to, you know, he averaged, what, 14 points, 5.7 assists uh, last year with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, 
I know a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are probably like, John, you're an idiot. Shut the fuck up. Uh, but I, you know, because a lot of people just don't like Lonzo. I'm one of those people who always has, and that's why it's probably not shocking for a lot of people to hear me say that. Uh, the guy I like, part two, I had another guy I liked who's another restricted mm-hmm. free agent with a qualifying offer of seven mil, and that's Malik Monk. Uh, again, I think that he's somebody who, given his recent performances and the way that he has perf- uh, played for the Charlotte Hornets, uh, he's somebody who is probably going to garner more money. Um, he's somebody who I get it. He is uh, a shooting guard. He's a six foot three shooting guard, uh, but he is a shooting guard nonetheless. So he's one of those guys where, you know, I like that offense coming off of the bench. If we don't bring back the Langston Galloways of the world, the Etwan Moores of the world, I think that if we can utilize some of that money and get Malik Monk, he's somebody who, uh, came off the bench for all 42 games this past season and averaged 11.7 points per game. If you know he's the kind of guy who, if the Hornets don't make him the proper offer and he becomes a free agent, he's the kind of guy that, due to the reputation the Suns have built, I think that we can bring him in uh, because of the culture that is here. And I, I just like Malik Muck. I think he's a nasty player. Yeah, he had a really kind of a breakout season last year, right? But he had such a good offensive play in, and of course, it would be the same thing here in Phoenix, where facilitate the ball a lot and just hit him when he's wide open for three. But he was doing a lot more than that this year, so. Really fun to watch. I'm glad he, he finally came out and he had a good season. Yes. Because <laughs> two bad seasons in a row. It kind of sucked. Yes. And Eggs says in the chat, we need a shooting guard. And that's the one thing we truly don't have on our bench yeah. is a true shooting guard. We got a bunch of like backup point guards and a bunch of wings, but we don't have like a backup to DA and a backup to Devin Booker, who are like our two primary cogs of this offense moving forward. So uh that's that's my thoughts there. And then the realistic pickup, I just think that the Suns re-signed Langston Galloway. You know, I, I initially had Wesley Matthews on there. Uh, he's an unrestricted free agent who made 3.6 oh, nice. last year. I think that he yeah. could be a good a good defensive player. Um, so either Wesley Matthews or re-sign Langston. That's, that's kind of my last, again, way too early look at free agency, uh, even though it's like six days away. But just some <laughs> names to throw out there. Just some names to throw out there. All right. Very what about cool, forwards? Who who you eyeing in the in the free agent market relative to forwards? All right. So forwards, um, I got the two Kellys. Okay. All right? And this is a little weird. Um, Kelly Olinick. I knew you were going to go Kelly Olinick when I was yeah, doing this exercise. Yeah. Like Matthew's going to bring up Kelly Olinick, which I think is a, a really a, a good good pick. Yeah, I mean, he he had a breakout, well, half a season when he got traded to the Rockets, 19 points a game, eight rebounds. He uh He's an energy guy. You hate to play against him, but once he's on your team, here we go again. Same thing with Patty Mills. You mm-hmm. like to have him on your team. So I think he's just an energy guy. He's a great replacement for Dario. I think he does a little bit more than Dario. He's more athletic. He can actually he can finish on some plays around the rim, which you didn't see from Dario. And I know we had Juice there that was a little bit better in that situation, but he plays both ends of the floor too. The only thing is I think he's going to get too much money this offseason, right? I think he's going to get kind of a little bit more than what maybe he deserves because of the last season he had. And he was kind of just like the good stats, bad team guy last year. And some of these guys I'll bring up are that way. Kelly Oubre is another guy, maybe not to say to bring him back. And before the season, we used to always talk about don't bring in the other guys that used to be on the Suns team, leave them, Yes. All the misery we used to have with those guys, don't bring them back. Even coaches like Dan Marley, I don't want to be a part of that stuff anymore. So I was just thinking like Kelly Oubre maybe is a guy who you would bring back, but there's just something about him still where I'm just like, I don't feel like he gets a game and gets his role still. You know, I think last year with the Warriors was definitely a difficult season for him to handle after being traded from the Suns. 
but he just doesn't look like a guy that still gets it, you know? So maybe that would hurt him. But those are the two guys I was really eyeing though. Um, I know I just did the two point guards, but that's what the, that's the way it is this year. And I kind of thought that, um, DeMar DeRozan was a guy too, who you can split. Like he's a small forward shooting yeah. guard type. So he's kind of in the mix there, but there's not a whole lot of sexy players out there, man. I mean, who do you have on your list? Did you have Kelly Olenek? I almost put Kelly Olenek out uh, on my list. And then for the same reason that you stated that he might make too much money as an unrestricted free agent this year, I took him off. Uh, he made 12 million last year with the Rockets. He's somebody who's definitely high energy, like you said, and I think would be a great addition to this team. Let me ask you this question. Do you think that the Suns could have the capacity to get rid of Jay Crowder and maybe bring in Kelly Olenek as a starter? Oh, well, you know my thoughts on that, right? Cameron Johnson's our starter, so Olenek yes. would definitely be a backup. So absolutely so, but, not. But in, but in that theory, though, Jay Crowder does become expendable, so that money could mm -hmm. could potentially become freed up to bring in a Kelly Olenek type. Yeah, and that would be nice. But then when you watch Poker Night the other night, Jay Crowder's there. I know. <laughs> with him. So I'm like, are those the guys that are staying? Where's DA? How come DA's not there? Then my mind starts to race. He's and in the Bahamas. Jenner's there with the dog. So I'm like, maybe those those are his replacements. I don't know. But uh, honestly, I think that Kelly Olynyk would be a great piece. And a, a lot of teams and their fans, whenever he leaves, they hate it. They get they're mm -hmm. like, dang, I miss Kelly Olynyk for this situation for things he would do like hitting the random hot like going those hot three runs he would go on. Like he's just a random guy that's fun to have on your team and. It's a, it's really a win-win situation, but just don't pay him too much. Yeah, exactly. Again, it has to work within the confines of the cap sheet. Uh, I'm not at all interested in bringing back Kelly Oubre. Thank you for what you did for this <laughs> franchise. Uh, but yeah. I just the guy is. I just I'll, I'll pass on him. All right. So okay. here are my here are my three forwards: the dream pickup, the guy I like, and the realistic pickup. The dream pickup: John Collins. Call fine offer seven point seven million. We know that. He probably won't even be available. The Hawks probably offer him something close to max money, yeah. although they didn't yeah. do it last year. And again, remember the whole John Collins being traded this thing this year was because they didn't sign him to the extension last year, which is what we were talking about earlier. Why do you sign guys so you avoid all that talk and mm -hmm. all that bullshit? Uh, but it'd be great to get John Collins in here. I don't think that we would have the capacity to do so. So I'll go with the guy that I like pick up. This is a guy who... Again, if you are a listener of the show, you've probably heard me mention him before. He has a player option this year for $9.4 million a year with the Los Angeles Lakers, and that's Montrez Harrell. I would love to have Montrez Harrell on this team. I think he's the ideal backup for what we need. Again, not a huge shot creator, but definitely a defender, a rebounder, somebody who could provide uh, energy in those minutes, much akin to how Kelly Olenek would, you know, as you mentioned. Uh, I just think that Montrezl Harrell is a beast, and he's somebody who, if he does decline his option with the Lakers, given the fact that he played against the Suns in the uh, in the playoffs, he might have been like, you know what, I want to be a part of that team. That team looks really fun to be a part of, and maybe you know we can make it happen with with the monies. Uh, the realistic pickup, I'm going to throw a weird name at you. You probably haven't thought about this, but I think it's something that is actually you know if the you know the money is right, and I think that he could be a valuable asset, and that's Ursan uh, Ilyasova. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He made $1.1 million last year, so not a ton of money. Uh, he's somebody who I definitely think that uh, would contribute to this team. He's a, he can shoot the three ball. He can play some defense. He can rebound. He's kind of like Dario Saric, but like three stages better. Like he hasn't fallen all the way down the Dario Sarge hole to where he's smashing cigarettes yet. He's just hanging out at the Circle K, <laughs> yeah. you know, but he's like, he, yeah. he's standing in line. He doesn't know what to buy yet. 
but he hmm. does have like a fifth of some, you know, Stolinochka vodka with him. Uh, so Ursan Ilyasova, that's that's my uh, my realistic pickup. As you were talking about him, I was looking him up, and I'm just like, oh really? Oh, he's, yeah, he's 33, so I'm like, uh, yeah. he would actually have to buy Dario Sarge cigarettes, I think, because he's older. <laughs> so um, I'm not the too money, The money but... would be right, you know. Again, if we're if we're gonna lose yeah. like each one more, have Ilyasova come in you know i think that again it gives you more size depth and experience he's somebody who's had long playoff runs in the past uh i think he was on the bucks one year but i know he did he was with philly one year as well yeah i was actually looking up yep philly yep philly and then the bucks so he has that and then even utah last year of course so yes so again definitely a lot of experience there all right i'm gonna go into my centers uh i don't have anybody who's a dream pickup when it comes to centers i don't think that there's a lot of uh, guys who are just like, you know, again, when I look at a dream pickup, it's like, dude, that guy, like, it's impossible to get this guy. The guys that I like are actually very obtainable. Um, the first one is Nerlens Noel, unrestricted free agent from the New York Knicks, who made $5 million a year last year. And I think that he has a history with CP3. They played together in Oklahoma City. Nerlens Noel, I, I wrote a whole piece on this last year during free agency about how I like Nerlens Noel. I think that, again, he's a great backup to DeAndre Ayton. He gives you some size. He gives you some shot-making ability. Uh, he knows how to run the pick and roll. I think that he would be a, a fantastic addition. What do you think of Nerlens Noel? Yeah, I had him on my list. I think he's a guy, even last season, where we were looking for these kind of types to come in, just get the rebounds and do the dirty work, really, when they come in off the bench. And then he's a guy that really, he was a higher pick, so maybe a center, a starting center, he thought. But now I feel like he's kind of filled his role in his mindset that he knows that he's just, he's a backup center, right? He's going to come in and help a team out off the bench. And that's really, that's something that's really good for a team to have is someone that really knows what they're supposed to do on the floor. And I think he's just that now. And I think if we had him like in a playoff room we had now, you'd feel a little bit more comfortable going into a game where you're playing against size and you're not having to rely on uh, Dario Saric or Frank Kaminsky. So he'd be perfect, man. Uh, and I think a lot of fans, like you can see in the chat right now, Noel is one yeah. probably number one for a lot of these guys. So he might be uh, at the top of the list for James Jones. And again, obviously with Noel being there, there's no Frank Kaminsky. Uh, we, do, we don't need Frank no yeah. more. Uh, the other guy I like, and again, a lot of Suns fans will agree with me, and you know, I think that you might not just because you're like, let the past be the past. But that's Rashawn Holmes. I mean, he's nope, an unrestricted free agent. $4.8 million is what he made last season with the Sacramento Kings. High-energy guy. I mean, in this theory, if we if you could somehow make the bench be like uh, either Montrez Harrell or Kelly Olenek and Rashawn Holmes, like think of how much energy is coming off of that bench. <laughs> yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, that's insanity. Uh, but you like Rashawn Holmes as well? Yeah, I have him on there. And it's like I said with um, who, Kelly Oubre, even though I don't want to bring him back, really, I was just kind of throwing it out there. He's a guy definitely I want back that played on the Suns. Like He was there for Aiden's rookie season. Maybe he was a mentor. Who knows what Aiden was doing in the rookie season. But I think he's a perfect backup, dude. And he he's a guy that really can kind of flame out towards the end of a season, have a good run here and there. But he's not going to be that dependent on, right? I mean, he's going to come in and give you like the ten to fifteen good minutes, and I think that's all we need from him. He don't, we don't need thirty minutes, maybe twenty minutes max, if that. So I think he'd be a perfect fit, man. Just the energy; it's all in the energy, really. Then he's Absolutely. a he's a tier below Montrez Harrell in a way. Um, they play kind of similar. Yeah, a lot of energy with him. And Blaze says in the chat, he says Holmes would be too much 
to pay for though. And that's probably true. You know, it's that's that team guy again last year, right? Yep. With the, with the Kings got a lot of minutes, just yep. packed on those stats. And, and, and much akin to campaign, he might've played himself, you know, the market will dictate what they're going to pay him, but he's somebody who I think that the, the market's going to pay high because they saw his energy and the, they, they see the same things that we see uh, the realistic yeah. uh, pickup unrestricted free agent, uh, Dwayne Dedman. I could totally see the Suns taking a run at, you know, another guy who used to be a backup center for the Atlanta uh, Hawks, just like Damian Jones last year, but somebody who pr- provides size and strength and can foul the shit out of people. So I could see that happening. Yeah, that would be got? good to have. I also, uh, well, I had McGee. Uh, oh, no, okay. I don't have McGee on here, actually. I had Robin Lopez, too, on my list. Ooh, you rock know, and Robin. It would be fun to have him back. You know he's a good teammate. He's a he's a good role player off the bench. I think he just comes in and does his business. Nothing too flashy, nothing too crazy. Comes down, hunchback, whatever he needs to do to get those rebounds. He's there, and I think that he just understands his role again. That's really important, dude. I can't say it more than enough it's just these guys coming in i think monty and james jones really know how to find these guys that know their roles and can just come in and play those minutes and that's him and he made 7.3 mil last year i think he'll probably make he won't make that much this year right he'll be a little bit cheaper i don't think think he's kind of at the the tail end of his career so you're not looking for someone that you're going to pay a lot he is older 32 years old which is not too bad because he's not going to really be a guy that's going to be uh, expending a lot of energy, right, in a lot of minutes. But he is that size guy, and I think it's a good pickup. I had Rashawn Holmes. Uh, I did put Whiteside in there, but I just I don't like the motor of him behind DeAndre Eaton. I think that's really bad. I think you have to have like the high energy guy, like Rashawn Holmes. Robin Lopez is not the high energy guy, but he is yeah. a good he's a good uh, locker room guy. I think to have with DeAndre Eaton. So um, those are really the only guys I had for size. And I think if you hit on any one of these besides Whiteside, I think it's a winner, honestly, in my eyes. So Iverson Vlogs brings up Daniel Tice. I didn't think yes. about Daniel Tice. He's an unrestricted free agent as well. He's going to be, uh, mm-hmm. what, 20, almost 30 years old going into the next season. Only yeah. made five mil a year last season. What do you think about Tice? It's interesting. I actually saw um, the, oh my gosh, the timeline podcast mm-hmm. had an episode on i didn't watch it so i just saw it pop up just right before this podcast and it's interesting because it hit me i'm like he was a guy in boston when they traded him the team did get better i remember when that did happen because we listened to a lot of bill simmons ryan yep. rosillo and i think tice is one of those guys that he is just someone that is trying to be too much of what he's not kind of like a dario sarwich in a way that's the way okay. i see him he's a hustle dude he is but i just think he has a hard time doing what he wants to do on the court, thinking that he can perform an act that he can't. And I think that's kind of weird to explain, but that's just the way I see him out there. But he's a hustler. He's a rebounder. He's a guy that I wouldn't be mad if we did get him. Um, It would probably be a step up from Dario Sarge for sure. Yeah. Again, unfortunately due to Dario's injury, you know, he'll still be on the payroll throughout the majority of the season next year. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, I like Daniel Tice too. I think he's a physical player, but you're right. He tries to play outside of his athletic ability. So um, interesting, interesting thoughts there. So those yeah, are some of the free stuff. agents that we'll, you know, we're interested. I'm sure that we'll uh, we'll put something on bright side talking about some of those guys. Uh, but mm-hmm. the last thing I want to talk about before we get out of here today is Team USA. Yeah. So Matthew, did you watch the game? Today? I just watched the highlights. Did you get to okay. watch? I saw you woke up early to watch. I huh? woke up <laughs> at 5 a.m. this morning. The alarm's going off. It's a Sunday morning. I made sure last night, like I, I spent 4.99. And downloaded the Peacock because it was it wasn't under the free section of Peacock streaming service. Oh, of course it, not. It's under yeah. the yeah, and and all their games, all of Team USA's games are going to be on the premium Peacock. Uh, and the fact that you call your service Peacock 
it's the highly cock? inappropriate. Okay, it's the cock. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's like ah, come to the cock. That's where we're going to be watching the the Suns game. You have to pay to watch Olympic basketball. Yeah, you know, and and there, there's a it's five bucks. And you know what? Shout out to the Jamsters in the chat who donated five bucks a little bit earlier. You paid for uh, my ability to watch the game, so thank you for that. But I did wake up early, watch the game. You know, you're kind of you know, I'm I'm laying in bed watching. I'm just kind of uh, just nodding back and forth. I'm just like, mm-hmm. all right, just trying to stay engaged. And, you know, it was it was really weird to see. You know, one, international basketball, I find actu- actu- actually <laughs> uh, more entertaining. There's less flopping and less rewarding for flopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, There's more pace to it. And I enjoy that. You know, it's the one thing I talk about. One of my frustrations with the NBA basketball is uh, – Look at this guy, idiot! It's literally on NBC. All right, go go watch the game live. Okay, is you can it watch on the NBC. No, they showed the replay today at like noon or something. Oh, okay, so just watch the replay. Yeah, but I wanted to, but I wanted to watch the live game. So I'm not an idiot, Robbie. You are. I'm an idiot. Uh-huh. Matthew's an idiot. We're all idiots. Yeah, that's we're idiots for Suns basketball. So you know, you wake up and I I enjoy watching that international basketball, and I think that it was you know again. You see Team USA. There's so much history of the Team USA, and you know to see the way that they perform t- today, um, knowing that they they didn't play well in the preliminary rounds, right? You know, uh, it's and then to see them lose to France today was just, it was frustrating. And yeah, I was like, damn it, why did I get up? Maybe I should have just waited to watch the free version of this on NBC later today after I already knew what happened. Uh, but it was great to see Devin Booker out there. You know, representing, especially considering that less than a week ago he lost the NBA Finals. He's out there representing this country, and again, it just it fortifies who he is as an individual. And we got to bring it up. You know, here's a picture of yeah. him for those who are watching. You know, there's Devin Booker with the new haircut. What do you think of the new haircut? What do you think of him rocking the headband um, in the Olympics? Well, Devin Booker can do anything he wants. He can say he can pretty much shave a penis if he wants on his head. If and I wouldn't care. I don't think he would look ridiculous. He's a beautiful man. He's got everything he wants right now. By the way, he looks so a haircut doesn't matter to me. Um, but I don't. I'm not a big fan of that. I like his hair he had before. He'll probably go back to it. Yes. I think it was just something fun to do, right? And I think that's why he put the headband on, right? Because he didn't like the haircut too much, maybe. Yeah, I maybe maybe. Because I mean, his hairline was always the same. It's just the fact that he chopped off so so much stuff off the top. I don't know. It's you know, as Khalid says in the in the chat, mm-hmm. it's growing on me. You know, I mean, I, I'm a, he looks younger I'm, though, even younger than he already does. You know, yeah, but that's not a that, bad thing. I look twelve, so it's all good. Still got that baby face. <laughs> uh, but but what do you think of Team USA's loss today to France? Um, it's interesting because it, it has me thinking. Like, if these guys are actually gonna go out there and play overseas against you know with the FIBA refs, and then someone mentioned FIBA refs over the NBA refs, yeah, the flopping's not going to be there. And it's so Mm -hmm. weird because a lot of these guys' game is based off of flops. All their moves, Mm -hmm. everything is built around getting that down and perfected. So if we were to go away from that and actually just have refs like in the FIBA where they're not going to call that stuff, it's going to be a different game. So maybe they're just adapting to that. And I think, of course, the mindset of these guys is we're, we're better on paper we're we're gonna win this game uh one of us will take over and that's how i thought going into this it would be so 
whether or not the shots go in and whether or not the other team just, you know, goes on a run, I'm not sure because I didn't even get to watch the game yet. But I just I think that it's just an adjustment for these guys and they might be a little bit tired. I know uh, the three of them are for sure after the finals, but they'll get it together though. And we keep saying that even after the exhibition games and it's just like, it kind of looks the same, right? It's the same kind of basketball. So nothing's really changed. So are you actually worried about it? Cause I think they'll bounce back. I am because you know, one, they're not in this game. If it wasn't for the efforts of drew holiday, drew holiday was killing it. I mean, he has, he scored 18 points in this game and coming off the bench. I mean, he looked fantastic for the guy who, you know, just won uh, an NBA championship to show up, you know, six days later and to put on a performance like that. It was, it was great to see, but the problem with this team is because they don't know how to execute the, the interior. All they do is chuck threes, man. I mean, the whole game, they're just chucking threes the whole time. It turned into kind of like the Dame Lillard show where he's just, he's taking these long shots. And it's like, you know, again, the, the team isn't, constructed correctly to where they can rebound the ball. It's kind of like watching the Suns, where it's like the interiors hurt. And when you're going against uh France who has Rudy Gobert down there, he's just gobbling up all of the all of the Who's rebounds. the other big guy? Who's the other big guy that they have? They had another guy named uh oh, Is it No, no, no. <laughs> but they, they have Nicholas Batum and Evan Fournier as well. Oh, okay. So okay. those are the kind of their three NBA players. And then they had another guy. Uh, no, he plays for right? Patty, Patty Mills plays for Australia. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Which is another good team, you know, and that's the thing is yeah. international basketball is really, really good. And the mm-hmm. Suns are on the Suns. The team USA has constructed a roster that isn't very, very good. It's a bunch of guys who are, you know, really good ISO ballers and uh, guys who can, you know, shoot the three, but couldn't hit them with the three ball tonight. Devin Booker didn't look great. One for five or six from the field. Uh, he did hit his one and only. Uh, field goal he ended with four points but his one and only field goal was a typical Devin Booker three with his foot on the line and they reviewed it and his foot is on the line I'm like damn it Devin even here you gotta go There's something ahead. to work on right that's happened too much oh my right? god like I mean like, it's not like it costs us a game or anything just a little bit more I mean it has uh, to be fixed dude because he's did that he's he's done that too much more than anybody in the NBA yeah, Mark Brooks says it absolutely correct he says team USA is about names not about being a ho- cohesive team whereas just you like look at America Right. <laughs> just like the, just like the United States of America. Uh, but when you look at teams internationally like France, I mean, you got to remember Evan Fournier, Nicholas Batum, Rudy Gobert. Those guys grew up playing together before they came over here. So you're going to run into a lot of that. So I am worried about it because I've yet to see this team look good in any of their qualifiers or any of their, you know, now they're 0 one in their in their pool in the Olympics. And I'm going to continue to watch uh, because I love basketball and I want to see what Devin Booker's doing. Uh, but man, it's just, it was really frustrating to get up that early. So, you know, the game ended right about seven. I just rolled back over and went to bed. <laughs> so, but that being said, you know, it's, uh, it's just fake basketball. It's fun to watch FIBA though. It's fun to watch it, man. It really is. It's like, yeah. that's what I wish the NBA was. I wish that we didn't have a bunch of personalities in the NBA and egos relative to referees who were just like, you know, you know, the whole Scott Foster conversation and the whole flaw, you know, James Harden's conversation, things we've talked about at nauseum. I didn't see much of that today. And it, it, it kind of felt like some of the USA players didn't know how to operate because they're used to getting calls and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they're busy whining and France is down there actually playing basketball. Yeah. Like they're going to a relationship. They're like, wait, I was cheated on my past five relationships. So <laughs> what's going on here? This is perfect. What am I doing here? <laughs> what I should be playing in this kind of game. <laughs> Uh, so are you going to watch any other games? Are you going to watch any Olympics? Yeah, I will for sure. Uh, today I did not, I was actually planning on watching that game, but I was trying to just spend more time on prepping for the draft 
and prepping for this episode. Look so at the I, dedication. Where am I going to make the time? But I'll, I'll make time to watch. When's the next game? Is it um, Tuesday? I think it's 9 p.m. our time. Okay. Yeah, so, I'll be there. Yeah, as will I. That'll be right after our podcast. Right actually. after our podcast. Yep. Yeah, so. Perfect. Uh, it's funny. My wife's like, you're doing a podcast tonight? The season's over. What are you going to talk about? I'm like, baby, we never, never stop talking. It never does. That's the yeah. beautiful thing about the NBA. And I'm really glad that it's happening the way that it did this year because, again, less than a week ago, we lost uh, an NBA championship. And you know what? We're here and we're talking about Team USA basketball mm-hmm. and free agents and CP3 and, and and everything. So, you know, the the train keeps on rolling down the tracks and we're the Suns Jam Session. We're going to be the conductors, all right? Yeah. Life goes go. on, baby. Life, life goes on. Life finds a way. So on that note, Jamsters, again, we appreciate you taking a little time out of your day and joining us. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button, hit that subscribe button, hit that little bell button uh, as well, because that'll notify you whenever we go live. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review and leave a review as well. We'll read it right here on the podcast. Again, we're on the Dry Heat Network now, no longer Brightside. So you will actually find our podcast independent of Brightside of the Sun. You used to have to go to Brightside to find it. Now it's just Sun's Jam Session. Give that a search in your little search bar there, and that's where you'll find us. Uh, you can follow the show at Sun's Jam on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Yeah, Matthew Lissy. And we'll be live again on Tuesday to talk about the draft with Zona Hoops. Until then, everybody, have fun, stay safe, do the right thing, and all that fun stuff. Go home and love your family. (laughs) 